Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. This is episode number 174 of the podcast, and we're bringing you a recap of the August 31st, 2022 game between the Chicago White Sox and the Kansas City Royals from Guaranteed Rate Field. Um, But before we get into that, this is episode number 174. Like I said, Jack, who is your 174 guy? Uh, yeah, mine is left-handed pitcher Ken Holtzman. Very nice. Yeah, that's who I picked too, Jack. Uh, nice. Yeah, uh, 174 wins for his career. Uh, I think he's a four-time World Series champion, which is cool. Uh, played on uh, Oakland, Baltimore, New York, and the Cubs. Uh, he started and finished his career with the Cubs, pitched from 1965 yeah. to 1979, so way before our time. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's a guy that I knew of uh, just, you know, as a Cubs fan, just a name that I heard around uh, a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, actually, Jack, there was a there was a sports writer uh, for like I think the Tribune. Um, uh, uh, what's his name now? I forget. Uh, uh, shoot, I'm completely blanking on the guy's name. But there was another. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a sports writer uh, with the last name Holtzman, and I I got them confused because this guy was like, um, if I can find that guy's name i'll have you go you'll have to google him jerome holtzman you should Ah. google him real quick because he's like the quintessential he looks like ernest borgnine (laughs) he's like the quintessential like sports writer guy and sure oh god yeah yeah and i was like did this guy play baseball like i was Uh i was very confused um but uh but yeah no just not no relation i think they were just uh both from both in the chicago sports scene but but uh, not related, but yeah, but Ken Holtzman, uh, obviously, uh, pretty, you know, pretty decent length career. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was reading that after the 1971 season, he asked to be traded. Uh, do you know why he wanted to be traded from the Cubs? I don't, I think I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Cause I, I don't know if it was like, they had just come off of the 16, you know, they were, they finished the 69 season, but maybe he just wanted to, like on Wikipedia, it says he asked to be traded. So like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know if he like wanted to compete or like, and it didn't feel like that was going to happen with the Cubs. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why he asked to sure. be traded. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Some something that's crazy is uh, uh he 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 made ninety three thousand dollars in 1975. Um, which uh, yeah. which seems crazy that a good that a good pitcher could could make that little. Uh, after his career, so he, he has the most wins uh, ever for a Jewish pitcher. He's got more than even Sandy Koufax. Uh, it says he went on to attempt a career as an insurance salesman. So that was just what you did when you when you pitched in that era. You know, after you were done, you had to go get a real job. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a bleak outlook. I I remember like I remember seeing some article in like Sports Illustrated or something or so, somewhere. I don't know what it was honestly, but it might have actually even been in like this like Bears um like this like local bears kind of like magazine that I got monthly. And it said mm-hmm. like, it listed all these guys, like what their current occupations were. And like, so many of them were in like real estate. <laughs> and, uh, I was just like, I guy, I guess that's what you do. Like, yeah, real estate or insurance, uh, after you, uh, retire as a athlete, you know, anytime before like the eighties, I guess. 
Yeah, and this guy was a good pitcher, too. I mean, he pitched for 15 years. He made two All-Star teams. He pitched in four World Series, and now he's trying to, like, meet his quota for the month selling insurance. Yeah, I wonder I wonder what the pension situation was. That Maybe that came with free agency. I'm not sure, like... Sure. What, what that... What that uh, situation was, but, but yeah, like you said, Jack, he was like, uh, he's the winningest pitcher, uh, amongst like Jewish, like, uh, heritage people. Like there was kind of like a passing of the torch between Sandy Koufax and Ken Holtzman. Um, I had a couple other interesting fun facts. He threw two no hitters for the Cubs, I believe. Um, Oh wow. Wow. That's crazy. Two of them, huh? Yeah. Uh, two no hitter. Obviously, uh, Jake Arrieta um, would match that, but obviously he was the only. I think he was the only Cubs pitcher to do that, up until Arrieta did it. Um, he also he one of his no hitters. Actually, okay, so his first no hitter was against the the Hank Aaron uh, Braves, which oh, was wow. interesting. Um, and then the other one was against the uh, 1971 Reds, who were uh, defending World Series champions at that point. So he he no hit two pretty good teams too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He did. Um, uh, Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, but there hasn't been a Cubs no hitter pitched at Wrigley Field in a long, long time. Is that right? Um, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think Milt Pappas was the last Cub. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, but he was also was he on the Bronx Zoo Yankees as well? I, I Ken Holtzman. I think so. He was he was definitely on like that that seventies uh, you know Oakland A's team that won. I think he won three of his World Series maybe with them, um, and then yeah he did go to the Yankees after that. Yeah, so kind of a kind of a storied career for a guy who's sort of been lost for the ages. Yeah, for sure. Um, one other note that I had of him. Um, in 1974, I think, in the 74 World Series, he hit a homer as a pitcher. Oh, did he really? Yeah, and he was the only—he was the last one to do that. I guess jo- Joe Blanton did it in 2008, but uh, before that, he was the last uh, pitcher to hit one. So, uh, regardless, rare, rare company there. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, that's some—that's some rare air. Um, yeah, well, that's a that's a pretty good one, and uh, yeah, I, I he had you know not growing up in Chicago, I had never really uh, heard too much about Ken Holtzman. Um, you know, I'm sure I'd read his name in passing, but uh, it's cool to learn a little bit more about him. Yeah, most definitely. And like I said, I, I used to confuse him with the with Jerome Holtzman, and then also Ken Hubbs too, who was like a a Cubs uh, pitching uh, prospect, I guess, like. A young Cubs pitcher who won the Rookie of the Year and then tragically died in a plane uh, crash. Um, but uh, but yeah, just uh, yeah, it would get those guys confused. But yeah, obviously Ken Holtzman, uh, like I said, good career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, uh, we shall we get to the ballpark? Yes, let's do that. Um, nice. So um, so yeah, we um, haven't been to too many Sox games this year for the podcast. Uh, it's been a disproportionate amount, like kind of reverse of the first couple seasons um, uh, of this, of this podcast uh, going to more Sox games and Cubs. Um, this was our fourth game, I think um, on the South side. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's tough to Sox. The atmosphere on the Sox is weird these days. I feel like um, the news kind of, I guess, uh, um, Larusa had um, was would left the game uh, the previous night, but this was the right before this game. News broke that Larusa was leaving the team indefinitely with like a heart condition or whatever, and uh, so Miguel Cairo was the interim manager. And I guess 
so like um presu- presumably will be the interim manager for the rest of the year or at least until Larusa comes back but so that that news was kind of swirling around uh, as we were like uh, heading to the ballpark uh yeah and uh, I, there's still a, a lot of mystery kind of uh you know around that did they actually announce what's what's going on with him what's wrong it just said he's he's being examined in Arizona by his doctors did they say it was a heart thing yeah yeah there 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 was something okay. he he got some sort of like uh you know checkup or something and they were like you should see someone or whatever um and so like yeah he like yeah they like advised him to like do it like as soon as possible so yeah i think that's yeah i think that's the situation um but yeah wh- you know whether it's like some sort of like um, one of those things to like, just kind of get him out of there, like in a, in a respectable way without being fired, you know, we'll see. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he may have managed his last game as a white sock, uh, manager. So, yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would say so they, they're calling it an indefinite leave of absence. So, uh, you know, there's only a month left to go in the season. So yeah, maybe a, a more graceful way of, of, of shoving him out the door. Um, I had alluded, Jeremy, that I had gone to a White Sox game by myself a few days before, and I did not see uh, any street vendors uh, there, uh, you know, before before you walk into the park. So I was curious uh, what was going to happen when we went, and uh, so we were walking in, and sure enough, the number of them was greatly reduced. There were maybe only two or three stands, um, and I think only one of them was selling booze. So uh, I, I feel like there was some type of crackdown that's happened in the last couple weeks. Yeah, I gotta say, you you couched that news, Jack. That that's that's like that's like headline news. I feel like that <laughs> that should have been like brought up on an earlier podcast. Um, but uh, but yeah, like we you know that's been a running running theme. I at least for this season, if not dating back to last season, um, that these guys were just selling beer on the street uh, and, and liquor. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it it was it. I think the first time we saw it, we were like, well, that'll be shut down. And yep. it took like two seasons, almost two full seasons for it to happen. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, theoretically, it, it that's you know that's what's happened. Like, I think I wonder. I don't know. Were there more people there this time than like when you were there the last time? Yeah, I I didn't notice any there the last time. So it seems like maybe a few of them have have tried to sneak back in and do yeah. it again. Um, that's probably definitely what happened. Uh, but, um, you know, the, the way it was before where there were just like, you know, you'd, you'd see 20 different stands all with, all with booze. It, it made it seem like the White Sox were condoning that as if like that was a part of the White Sox experience. <laughs> well, it was part of the White Sox experience is not, not, as, <laughs> yeah, not as designed by them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, it definitely, uh, definitely a crackdown. So we'll, we'll see if, uh, we'll see if they, there start to be more, uh, more bold vendors, uh, by the end of the season. But, uh, you know, that, that happened. And then we, we went into the park, Jeremy, the tickets were very cheap for this one. Yeah, Jack, they were, I think we set a record. Um, yep. we paid $6 for the, our tickets combined. So yeah, yeah, $3 a piece. They were $3 each. I mean, like, you just can't, like, you can't go to any, ba- like, you know, the UIC Flames games are free, I guess. So, like, that's a cheaper, that's one cheaper ticket in town. But, like, you can't, I went to the South Bend Cubs game yesterday, and I paid $13 for my ticket. Like, you cannot get into a, even a minor league game for for $3. It's crazy. No, it's it's absurd. Uh, I didn't even Venmo you after the game because it three dollars isn't worth Venmoing someone for. So we just you know we just said add it on to the add it on to the next game. Yeah, um, it wasn't even worth it. And 
there was nobody uh, checking tickets at the 100 level, so we just walked right in and sat down in in the in the 100 level, right behind home plate for three bucks. Yeah, for three bucks. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, so so yeah, uh, that's um yeah. I think I think our previous record was four dollars. So this was, it was. Um, yeah. So this was uh, and it might have actually been against the Royals too, um, in 2019 maybe. Um, uh, yeah, I, I believe it was. Yeah, those Royals games are always cheap. I was actually looking at the afternoon game yesterday. Uh, so the Cubs and Royals, uh, uh, White Sox and Royals played a Thursday afternoon game. Um, uh, and they uh, uh, tickets for that were $2. $2? Yeah, t- yeah, $2 tickets, man, on, on uh, TickPick. So I, uh, I I downloaded the TickPick app, fin- uh, app finally. So, yeah, it was 2 bucks. Um, uh So, yeah, pretty pretty soon. Then I think the next step is for them to start paying you to come to the games. So yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, like they're gonna have they are gonna have to put those those vendors on on payroll and and hand out like <laughs> welcome you know uh, like gift bags <laughs> like like the Oscars like here's uh, one fireball shot here's one uh, uh, seltzer hard seltzer you know um, but uh, yeah that's that's crazy two dollars I mean good lord I mean it's funny because because um, StubHub actually has a a low a, like a um, like a lowest price they'll allow you to charge. It's I think yep. it's $6 per ticket. They don't let you charge less than that. But um, this other site, yeah, it's just, you know, it's kind of like wide open. Um, and uh, it's funny. I was telling my wife about it, like, you know, that we like, we got them for three bucks each. And she was like, who would even like bother to sell them for that much? Like, I feel like it's just not even worth your time to like, whatever process you have to do to like upload the tickets and list them and whatever it, is it even worth $6 to someone to do that? Like, um, but, uh, whatever they're, you know, we're, we're talking about the white Sox here and like their, <laughs> their losses are gain, I guess. So, yeah. So we paid $3 sat really close and, uh, there was some more fringe benefits, uh, afterwards that will like, or like during the game, which we'll talk about, but, um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and maybe also some fringe, uh, detriments as well, uh, to, you know, to just anybody sitting anywhere. Um, so we were we were walking down the concourse, um, and uh, I will admit because I, I had to use the restroom, um, uh, there was a guy like right before me who started to turn into this door, and the door was not labeled at all. There was no label label on it, and this this White Sox employee who was sitting like ten feet uh, in front of where he was about to enter the door like yelled at him, "That's the ladies' room." Um, so this guy almost he almost turned into the ladies' room, which was uh, embarrassing. Um, and then the men's room was like, just, uh, was clearly labeled and it was like, right, uh, you know, a a few steps forward, but that was funny. Embarrassing for that guy. I think it was a whole group of guys. I think it was three guys actually, Jack. It might've been. Yeah. Who were trying to go in. Yeah. And this, this lady was like, not even like, she was not a bathroom attendant. She was like working some sort of like raffle stand or something like selling raffle tickets. And she's like, that's a lady's room. That's a lady's (laughs) room. (laughs) Yeah. It was really, it was really funny. And then the guys were like, oh, 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 okay. And then they like, yeah, then they like moved down to like the men's room. Um, so yeah, Jack, you almost, um, you almost paid for following those guys. Um, <laughs> I will say Jack, I, like I said, I went to the South Bend Cubs game last night uh-huh. and, uh, I also almost walked into the women's room. So, um, you know, I, I make fun of those guys, but like, yeah, it could happen to the best of us. And like, I mean, good God, like, you know, you imagine like guys like, who are actually drunk at games. Um, right. You know, like I, I feel like that's got to happen like 
every inning break even like i'm surprised yes, yes. we haven't seen that before but uh and then and that lady also must know that that happens a lot because she she didn't sound like that surprised by it she she was no. almost like yep all right like i you know i i should have we should have asked her like how many times she has to yell that like i bet it's probably like six seven times a game or whatever yeah i was going to say that the way she yelled at it definitely wasn't the first time you know what like after it happens a whole bunch of times maybe maybe somebody from the white Sox should put a sign up there that makes it clear what restroom <laughs> it is well i think there might have been a sign above above it no, you know, you know what it was. I think it was probably on the door and like on the wall, but that door was propped open, so like it was on the other side of the door that you couldn't see if you were walking yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet that's what it was. So just a just a fail, a fail of the uh, you know the design and layout of that. But anyway, it was funny. But uh, yeah, you're right. I, I'm sure it happens more often than you would think. Um, uh, the, the White Sox introduced some new food uh, toward the latter end of the uh, season just a couple of weeks ago, which seems absurd. Uh, yeah. I, my theory, Jeremy, is that they're testing it out for next year to see if it's successful. And if it's successful over this last month, maybe they'll they'll have it uh, available in a few more places. But one of the things was uh, Euro nachos, which you were excited for, which you got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had to go to um, like this special... Um, so they have this like kind of room. It's this is another another thing just just another thing about the White Sox to kind of criticize, but like they have like real estate within the stadium that they just don't know what to do with and um they're always changing. And so like in the like left field corner, I don't know if no, they don't have it in the right field corner. The right field is like the luxury dining space. But in the in in right field, in left field you go up these stairs and like it, it brings you up to this like kind of like suite like up in the in the top left corner and it used to be when you check in on like the MLB ballpark app you um, may you could win like a, a free hat or, or something and you would go there to claim it and it was just this big open room and it seemed like they really weren't utilizing it for much. Um, so now they turned it into a bar. It's called like the Vizzy View Bar and like you can go up there. It's air conditioned. It's actually probably nice if you like kind of are just chilling at the ballpark and not like trying to watch every pitch. Um, but it's still really wide open and like kind of like not used to its full potential, I feel. But you go up there and there's like kind of just a stand and there's like a, a guy like there's a bar and then there's like there's a bar in the middle of the room, too. Um, but there's like a smaller bar and a guy just sitting there and then like a food prep station next to it. And it's really confusing. It's like the guy who's standing there like by the bar, there's a menu by him and it's only like drinks. And it looks like he's only there to like, um, take drink orders. And then over by the food prep, then there's the food menu and it's all just printed out on a piece of paper too. Um, but you have to go to the bar guy to order the food too, which is, it's, it's just very, very confusing. Um, so I ended up ordering, they had, that's the only place where they have the Euro nachos. They, they brought, they introduced like five different things and like three of them are only available at this bar. So they have like a pork chop sandwich, which is like a Maxwell street ode. If you go to like these couple, like these little, like kind of like, like just trailers basically like by Maxwell street, you can get like a, a, a pork chop sandwich, um, and so there's a little nod to that. So they have that, they have, um, these Bona beef balls, <laughs> like they're like, they're kind of like fritters. Like they're kind of like, um, 
uh, croquettes or something, but with like beef and cheese or whatever. I wanted to try those, but after the Euro nachos, I couldn't. I, I I don't. I couldn't really do much more because it was it was a lot of food. But I I went for out of all of those, I I went for the Euro nachos first. Euro nachos, whatever. Um, actually, side side note, I've heard people pronounce Euro like multiple ways. Yes. Um. My favorite, like I've heard uh, gyro. I feel like gyro is like a New York thing. They call them gyros. Sure. Um, but some of my students call them gyros. <laughs> sure. I've heard, yeah, my uh, one of my buddies, he was from Michigan. He called it a gyro. Gyro is like, gyro is like the, like, I think the accepted, like, anglicized version of it. Mm-hmm. Like they have a, they have a poster that says like, it tastes better when you say gyro. And, uh, uh-huh. like, I think that's, like, the authentic way. But then, like, yeah, my kids, my some of my kids, like, I think from the south side, like, they call them gyros. <laughs> it's like, sure. like, that's kind of funny. Just doesn't sound appetizing, but uh, it's it's kind of the funnier uh, of the of all the different options. But anyway. Yeah. So so these are, like, um, they're, like, nachos, but instead of chips, it's, like, pita chips. And then instead of, like, beef, it's, like, gyro meat. And then there's, like, the tzatziki sauce. There's, like, onions, uh, tomatoes. Um, and then crumb feta cheese crumbles. So, I, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds like uh, if you if you like euros um, and you like nachos, it, it basically sounds like you would be in heaven if you were if you were eating these. Yeah, it was a nice uh, it was an it was a nice option and and kind of a unique one too. Like I you know I haven't seen that much uh, anywhere else. But yeah, I, I am a sucker for uh, euros and uh, and the tzatziki sauce too. So had to try it. Um, uh, the one thing about the going to that that bar is like when you exit, you have to exit out like you can't exit the way you came in. You have to exit a different way because the staircase is like super narrow. So it spits you out onto like the 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 ramps that where you go down to leave the ballpark. And so I had to basically I almost had to like basically like leave the whole stadium and then come back in. It's like I had to go all the way down the ramps and then back through the 100 level thing. And I was like, what if they were like still scanning tickets? Like that would have been a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, that's right. That would have fucking sucked, man. Yeah. So, um, and then like, and not to mention that the food was getting cold cause it was, we sat behind home plate and this was all the way in left field. So that, that was a whole track as well. So, um, I got my picture or I took my pictures <laughs> of them and everything on the way back. I actually, I didn't get a soda because that's the other thing is like, you have to go to the bar to get a soda and like, I didn't know if they were going to give me some like a soda from the gun or something, and which I didn't want. So yeah. then I had to stop at a separate stand to get a soda. And at this time, as I was coming down the the ramp, I heard the anthem happening. And we all know that at uh, Sox games, the place shuts down uh, during the anthem. Um, but I found this one stand in the corner, like it was like a cotton candy stand or something. And there's two girls, two like younger girls over there and they didn't give a shit about the anthem and God bless them because, um, uh, I was able to buy a soda while the anthem was going on and I actually tipped them <laughs> because of it. I'm like, that's worth a tip. So thank you. Yeah. Um, nice. Did, did you, did you say, did you say that to them or did you just tip them? I just tipped them. I should sure. have said something just so they knew. Um, yeah, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I, I figured maybe a vet would hear me and then like smack me on the back of the head or something. So yeah, right. I, uh, I didn't do that, but I did get, I, you know, so I was able to make that all happen. Um, I think I started walking over right at the end of the anthem um, and uh, came back with the nachos. Um, yeah, Jack, while I was gone, was there anything of note that happened? Uh, honestly, no. So I was a little bit worried because you were you were gone for a while, and I figured it was because you were, like, trying to find and navigate this place. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Right, we we had primo seats. Like we we sat a little bit. Um, we sat more behind home plate. Like we sat a section to the left of where we usually sit. Um, you know, we we just I think we just decided to fly pretty close to the sun because there was nobody at this game. I mean, there were maybe twelve thousand people at the game, uh, if that. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing really happened, and nobody. We didn't even come close to getting bounced from the seats. Um, there was just nobody nobody around. Uh, I was when you came back though. Um, I mean, I, I was definitely impressed with the size of the uh, nachos. But I, you know, I'm not a guy who ever like a- asks for food. Um, and you know, you didn't offer it, which was also okay. Uh, be- I mean, because you said you paid like 15 bucks for these nachos, and I mean, like you know, they're not that big of an order. That like I also I don't like to ask for food, but I also don't like to offer people food when I have some. Sure. Um, so I'm not, you know, I, I you know, I, uh, I, I try not to be a hypocrite. But anyway, with the way these nachos were, it would have been very hard for me to, uh, like, have a chip without just, like, digging my fingers into all of your, like, all of your ingredients. Uh, it just, it, it wouldn't be good. They're not, they're not made for sharing. Yeah, it, honestly, they're, they're, it's a bit of a flawed thing, and I, I could talk about that in a minute. But, um, but yeah, I did, uh, I did acknowledge at some point. I well, so the thought crossed my mind to offer some to Jack, but. Yeah, that's that. My first instinct, my first reasoning for not doing it was because of that, because it was really hard to get. I had a fork. I could have like kind of unearthed a, a chip for you and like kind of let you kind of do your thing, I guess. But like, it was kind of a pain in the ass. So I actually had to like eat them with a fork, basically. Like I was kind of shoveling it all into my mouth, and like honestly, at some point, shit was just falling out of my mouth. Like I know, I know that some stuff fell out of my mouth back into the, the, the trough of food. So I'm like, yeah, I, I definitely can't offer Jack anything now. So, um, but I mentioned it to Jack and like, I said like, Hey, feel free to torch me on the podcast for not offering no, to share, it, but it, it's fine. Um, I'm, I'm not a big like fan of, uh, you know, sharing food in, in those circumstances. I'll, I'll pick a, I'll pick a fry from somebody's plate. If they, if they let me, there, there are some other guys who are sitting in front of us. We'll talk about them a little later who would have been, <laughs> yeah. who would have been fine with, uh, with whatever, Right, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we weren't in that category, uh, luckily. No. But no. Um, yeah, so these Euro nachos, man. I, you know, I would, I, I honestly, I to be completely honest, I would probably give them like a B minus. I would say. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. they weren't as great as as maybe they looked. I think they looked better than they actually were. Here, um, here's the thing, Jeremy. So, so you mentioned that they didn't have like the. I, I don't know what part of the body of the Euro is lamb meat, right? Yeah. Okay, I don't know if it's like the lamb leg or whatever the hell it is, but you know, you, so I just moved to a, a different part of Chicago, and I'm I'm right by Windy City Euros now, so I'm excited oh. to go excited to go there. Nice. But anyway, usually at those Euros places with the Kronos, you you, you see them just like shaving the shaving the meat off of the leg, mm-hmm. uh, and it you said that 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 wasn't happening, right? This euro this euro meat looked like it was almost like you know. Uh, packaged or whatever, and they yeah. warmed it up at the stadium. Is that is that what the vibe you got? Yeah, it is definitely. They sell they sell like this these strips of the euro meat um, that you can buy in stores and stuff, and like it it's okay in a pinch, but it's not the same thing. And that's what mm-hmm. that's what they used for these nachos. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, you're right on, Jack. You're spot on. Like um yeah, the definitely like if you're gonna get them, like you want it shaved off of the thing and. Some places even like will throw it on the flat top even after they shave it. Like if it hasn't cooked long enough, sure. Um, like if they had just made one and then you order one, they'll they'll throw it on the flat top, which is oh, nice. really nice. Um, yeah. That that piece of meat though is just like they just take like a bunch of pieces of meat and just kind of put it on the skewer and like kind of let it all cook into like one kind of big ball of meat, basically. Ah, okay, okay. Um, that's how they I do see. it. Yeah. Okay, um, I didn't know that. But. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, so yeah, that was that was a little um, uh, of a knock against it. The chips like were like small, so like it was hard to just get a scoop of one. Um, and then like obviously like walking all the way back, I feel like it it did cool off a little bit. So yeah, it was it was not the best. It was I I put about a B minus or something. Okay, yeah, and they did. I'm, honestly, they didn't look that great either. But uh, you had to try them, right? And you know, if if I'm ever given the option, like if if they put them in other parts of the stadium, I'll probably try them out too. Yeah. Well, uh, so that was uh, so that was the food situation. Um, uh, about the second inning, um, there was a, a big advertisements playing on the uh, the boards that go along the uh, I don't know the, the ribbon the, ribbon board. Yeah, the ribbon that like separates the uh, lower deck from the upper deck. Um, and the uh, advertisement was for a website. Uh, the website was hegetsus.com, uh, and it said Jesus forgave errors. So it's. Uh, uh, I think I think you know what that website is all about. I haven't visited it. Have you, Jeremy? No, 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 I have not. Yeah, and uh, no, nor do I think I will. But uh, yeah, I, I I said I said this to you uh, at the game. But th- that's a little beyond the pale for that advertisement to be allowed for an entire inning. It was it was up it was up on that ribbon, and that was it was the only thing on that ribbon for an entire inning. Yeah, yeah. It's um. It it seems like um. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been to like. Um, you know, like kind of like smaller, like, like minor league games and stuff. And you don't even see that at, at those kinds of games. Like that might be in like the Bible belt, you know, like, um, yeah. like I, uh, I mean like, so th- again, uh, driving to Indiana, like you drive down like long, like, you know, uh, scenic highways and everything. And you'll see a sign that says like, yeah, repent now, Jesus, you know, like accept Jesus in your life. And like, that seems like it's, it's that's where that stuff lives like on the yes. side of a highway um not at <laughs> a white Sox game in chicago like uh in like a you know a very like liberal uh city um so it was just weird it's definitely one of those white Sox kind of things um and like yeah and then like they even tie in like the uh the baseball thing to it i mean here's the thing you know obviously say what you want about religion and like maybe people like kind of hitting you over the head with religion, whatever. Um, I will say that like every once in a while, I, I get a slight kick out of like, I've said this before, but it's like whenever anyone can like have a sense of humor about anything or not take themselves too seriously, I obviously appreciate it as most people probably do. So like I do get a kick out of every so often out of like a well-written uh, like billboard, you know, slogan for like a church. Like the, sure. I'm trying to think of like one, like, uh, you know, pull over for Jesus or like there's, there's more clever ones than that. But like, I feel like they even made like a coffee table book about it um, with different like church signs. Um, so at least I guess, at le- you know, on one, I, I do feel like the most devout religious people probably don't like them making like puns or like jokes sure. about religion. But so, I mean, this one's kind of like towing the line, but like they, at least they had a baseball tie in with it. Jesus forgave errors. Although, like, I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that they didn't appear on the uh, official box score then or something? Like, you know, I, I'd like to know exactly how much he forgave them. Like, yeah, were, were they were they ruled hits instead? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like no kangaroo court fines. Um, you know, I don't know. But like, but yeah, I mean, it's just something you don't expect to see at a baseball game to begin with, but definitely at uh, a major league game and then definitely not at a major league game in Chicago, you know. 
No, um, very, very weird. Did you ever hear the one uh, Earl Weaver had a player on it, one of his Orioles teams that was like a big holy roller? I forget what the guy's name was, uh, but he was a position player. And after a game, the guy asked Earl Weaver, uh, when are you going to walk with the Lord? And Earl Weaver said, when are you going to walk with the bases loaded? So, I, you know, that, that that's a pretty clever one, too, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's that's good. That's, yeah, baseball first there. Yeah, like that. Um, but that's... Uh, yeah, so that that was a little ridiculous to see that, but uh, yeah, one one of those things you just chalk up as being a White Sox thing. Um, as we mentioned, Jeremy, uh, Tony Larusa was out for this game. Um, I, I I had made a comment that said they should try to win this one for Tony. Um, uh, is that is that what did somebody say that at the game too, or was that just me? Yeah, I mean, you might as well talk about these these guys now because it was it was by these three guys or three or four guys in front of us. Oh oh God, okay yeah sure. So the first thing that they, well first I think the first thing that, that I feel like is what they showed up they they showed up like a bunch of like elephants like just kind of like stomping into like their the row and they sat right in front of us they were like two rows ahead of us yeah um, but they sat right in front of us and it was like four, it was like was it three guys and then like they had a fourth friend with a girl is that right yeah that yeah that's what it was so that's always a weird dynamic too because it's like what is going on with this it's like it's like four dorky friends and then one of them just happened to fucking like stumble into a girlfriend and then like <laughs> they all want to hang out but like the guy's like oh, i gotta bring my girlfriend and they're like okay well whatever and then like then they sit like you know a seat apart from the the regular group of guys because i even saw like the the guys looking over at the guy with the girlfriend at some point and like they were kind of like snickering at him or something yeah but uh but yeah like so that was their vibe and like they were just like they were just dorky guys like they were older and like i think i i definitely think they don't think that they're dorky like i think like they had like sunglasses and like must and like beards and stuff like Mm -hmm. but like well trimmed like beards and like they looked. They just. They. They were dorks. They. You know who they all looked like. They all looked like Gio Gonzalez. <laughs> it looked like like yep. four Gio Gonzalez. There was one guy who definitely looked like Gio Gonzalez, and like Gio Gonzalez looks like such a dork. But um, I haven't thought about that guy in a while, actually. Yeah. He, yeah. He pitched with the Brewers. I remember. Uh, I, I think I've told this story on the podcast, but he delivered the lineup card one time at a Brewers game I was at, and as he walked back to the dugout, he took his hat off and like waved it Ugh. at the crowd, and no one was paying attention. Like this, this is a guy who's just happy that he's at the baseball park and not sitting at home. Yeah, I wonder when the last time he pit- did he pitch as recent as 2019, maybe. Yeah, he did. He was on the 2019 Brewers. Yep. Wow. Okay. Then the uh, pandemic took him out, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, so these guys were all like dorks, and like. They they were yelling something to like uh like uh Jose Abreu. I don't know what it was. I think it was in Spanish. It was like hey Pepito or something. No, like. no, they they were yelling uh Carapito cuz his his nickname is Pito. Um I I don't know like the first thing, but they were saying but that, that when I uh, mm. went to that White Sox game and I was telling you about that guy uh, who was yelling stuff, he was yelling the same thing they were yelling. Oh. So What's his yeah. nickname? Pito? Pito? Yeah, I've I've heard that on Reddit. Um, I don't know why they call him that, and it's not like advertised. But uh, yeah, that's his nickname is definitely Pito. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah interesting. Because I think he yeah, he that wasn't on his like players uh, weekend <laughs> uniform. No, I forgot what was on that. But uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, that makes it a little more. Okay. So that's what they were yelling. So they were cheering that. I guess these guys are real inside. They're you know they're all over White Sox Reddit maybe or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. But okay, so um, so they start off yelling that, but then like very early on they're like, "Do it for Tony!" 
And I'm like, oh, boy. Like, you know, these White Sox fans, they just don't know what they want. Like, they want Tony La Russa gone. Then they're, like, winning for Tony. It's like, make up your mind, man. Like, you know, just like, I mean, obviously, you don't want the guy to, like, have heart failure and die. But it's like, just put your head down. He's gone. Just put your head down. Keep moving forward. And just, like, just ride out this season. Because, like, you don't, I mean, you don't want him back. Like, no White Sox fan wants the guy back. And now you're saying win it, do it for Tony. It's like, just move on, man. Just just let it go, you know? Yeah, I don't even think the team gives a shit that he's gone. No. Um, there, there have no, been a, a couple guys who've made comments in passing, but I, I think that's just uh, perfunctory. Yeah, no, it's it's like, it's this is what everybody wanted. It's like, it's it's your chance, you're out, basically. And, like, they're just like, you know, I guess, like, you know, they maybe they can't take it or something. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe they'll feel good if they, like, say win it for Tony and then start playing better. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, they are two and Oh, I think since Tony left, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're maybe two and one. I think they lost the first game of that KC series, but they've won two in a row. If you um, count that one. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, they didn't, they didn't know he was going to be gone. Um, he left before the game. Yeah. So yeah, I guess they are technically. It is against um, the Royals, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. Um, yeah. So these, these guys were dorky. Uh, one of the guys did this like, dumb dance with his arms uh yeah. when josh harrison walked up it's hard to explain it's it is a, it's hard, it to, is explain hard to explain he basically i think he had food in his hand too um yeah. in one hand but so josh harrison came up first of all why would you dance for josh harrison anyway but um <laughs> he um he uh um he had like food in one hand like a food tray in one hand and he put both hands in the air his elbows were like kind of bent at like a 90 degree angle and he was like doing he was like dancing with his hands in the air and like his shoulders basically like just like that like yeah. that like soulful dance or whatever like um like but coming from this nerdy guy who looks like Joe Gonzalez and like with food in his hand and for like a, a you know a below replacement level player so um it was just it was just fucking it was just super lame and it's like dude you look so lame but again i don't think he i didn't think i don't think he was doing it ironically and i don't think he had any inkling that he looked like as much of a, a nerd as he did but um it was uh it was it was it was embarrassing kind of it was, um, but that wasn't even the worst thing that happened in, in within that five minute time span. <laughs> so after after this dance, um, him he used like you said, he had food in his hand. So yeah. he had a, I, I think he had like a bowl of loaded fries. Yeah. Uh, that he that he was eating with a fork. Yeah. Um, and his buddy who was sitting next to him had a piece of pizza. Um, so they were they were eating these, and then after a few minutes, like the the guy finished half of his piece of pizza, and this guy was still working on his loaded fries, and then they switched. Uh, and then th- this this guy uh, ate the rest of his friends half of the piece of pizza, oh. and then with the same fork, the guy the guy the other guy starts eating the loaded fries, and it just grossed me out so much. Um, could you imagine that, Jeremy? If I if I ate half a piece of pizza and then gave it to you, that that is so beyond messed up. Like I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 funny that it's like that these two things like my nachos and like these people's food sharing have like kind of mirrored themselves in this, in this very episode. But like, I, I didn't see it. And like, you told me about oh, that. God. And I, I thought he just like offered, like he just held it up to the guy and said like, you want a bite? I didn't know that they, they literally like swapped food halfway through. Like now Jack, 
is it possible that those guys were brothers maybe? And does that even make it any better? Like it makes it like slightly, slightly better, but not really. I don't yet. Yeah, so it's possible that they were brothers. Um, I, I was trying to figure out what their dynamic was. Um, but I, even so, they're both adults now. Like, you know, would, would yeah. you share food with one of your ha- like in that way with one of your half brothers? I don't think I would do it with an, anybody even in my immediate family or just yeah. sharing a fork that's just been used. That's disgusting. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think it makes it any better. Like I could. You know, I, I I suppose probably if they had li- as little kids, they might have done something like that. So maybe sure. like maybe it like I didn't grow up with brothers, so I don't know. But like I I don't uh, like I could see how that could be like if someone pressed them on it, they'd be like, uh, we're brothers. And then you'd be like, OK, whatever, <laughs> just move on. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Yeah, it's messed up. Anyway, pizza, a, a piece, one, a single piece of pizza is not meant for sharing. Like, no, fries could be shared if. If you're using two forks, uh, yes. Euro nachos could be shared. If um, you know, if you have like a fork and like a or like two things to like one to hold and one to shovel them on, but like, but no, a piece of pizza, a single piece is not meant to be shared. That's why you cut it into pieces. If if you were to share a pizza, <laughs> you, they wouldn't ever cut it. You would just bite off of the same circle, the same disc of, <laughs> of dough. Like that's why they cut it into pieces. Um, so yeah. Anyway, it was. Uh, that was bad. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to see that. Um, usually, it's it's me seeing something bad and having to tell Jack about it, but I'm glad you saw it this time. Yeah, that was uh, that that was absurd. I think I saw it because it was right after the Harrison thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so the Royals had some some promising young players. We should we should mention before we forget that uh, Bobby Witt homered in this game, which was really cool. About yeah. three years after we saw him in the Under Armour game. Yeah. And just talk about like we've we've seen talk about like um, trans um, um, progression in the in baseball like you know we've seen some guys in the minor leagues, um, then also playing the major leagues, but we saw Bobby Witt as a high school player hit a homer in Wrigley Field and then come into uh, like get drafted, come up the the ranks in the minors, come to the uh, major leagues and hit a home run in a major league stadium off of Lance Lynn. Um, who mm-hmm. also had like a dominant night. It was the only black mark on his record um, for the whole night. And um, yeah, I mean, now it's pretty damn cool to see. It would have been cool to see Bobby Witt Jr. hit a homer anyway, but it was even cooler to see it um, given our history with him, I guess, with the podcast. Yeah, 100%. Um, the Royals also had uh, MJ Melendez was in the lineup. Uh, they had uh, Michael Massey was in the lineup too uh he's from palos park illinois just debuted a a couple of months ago fourth round pick by the royals and um, i think he was a pretty big prospect yeah he was um yeah i yeah i think what did you what fourth round did you say jack yeah fourth round yeah yeah so that's uh, that's relatively you know all in all pretty pretty respectable um uh i saw i saw him in uh, south bend uh last season and he hit Mm -hmm. two homers Wow, um, in that okay. game, um, which was that definitely put him on my radar at that point, um, and uh, yeah, like uh, my my aunt is from uh, Palos Park, um, mm-hmm. so I used to go there for family um, parties, and I used to try to catch a frog. She had like a little creek by her house, and I always I would always try to catch like uh, some sort of like amphibian and bring it home as a pet. Um, nice. So yeah, you my... you don't seem like the type of guy who would like try to catch frogs. You know, I. I don't think we've ever talked about it, Jack, but I had, I don't know if this has come up on the podcast, but I had pet snakes as a kid. Oh <laughs> and, yeah. I think you have told me that. Yeah. 
Yeah, snakes and frog. I was I was a reptile kid actually growing up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had I had a pet bullfrog. I had a couple pet toads. I had like salamanders. I had um, snakes. Like yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, you shouldn't. uh, I've I've heard that you shouldn't like touch reptiles and then eat something without washing your hands. You can get salmonella. Is that right? Um, that seems like a fair assessment. They, they, their tanks smelled pretty bad. So like, Uh um, you know, yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely try to do that for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, but anyway, so I digress. Um, we'll talk. We can get more into my frogs in a separate episode. But uh, sure. Um, but anyway, Michael Massey was there and um. I saw someone wearing a Massey jersey, and then when they announced him, he got like a, a, a small like pop from the from the crowd. So I think he had family there, um, understandably so. Um, and like I think it was maybe when he came up for his first at bat, um, they announced him. Uh, Gene Honda announced him, and then the, his family cheered for him. And there were these two like older White Sox fans, um, a couple rows behind him. And then as soon as the family cheers, he goes boo. <laughs> like just lets out like this huge loud boo uh, for the guy. And it's like, dude, I mean, I get it, man. You're a White Sox fan. I bet you're the biggest White Sox fan there ever was. But like this is his fucking family, man. Like the guy is from the area. He probably grew up a White Sox fan, made it all the way up here. His family's there to watch him. It's like maybe don't boo at that time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell man like just like please like show I feel like someone even with the slightest amount of class would know that that's a bad time to, to boo a guy like that yeah I, I mean this is probably uh, the, the biggest moment of this kid's life right now you know com- coming home playing a major league game against your hometown team uh, and, and then you're just gonna boo him yeah on just 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 because of your blind White Sox uh, passion he he also booed uh, Hunter Dozier, who came up right after him. Um, so at least yeah, he was maybe this guy's a Royals fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, that would be um, that would that would be uh, sufficient in either scenario. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that was just like you know, it's just one of those head scratcher moments. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, you know, you think you think he'd be able to read the room. Um, so we were. Uh, uh, in, in prime fall ball territory, uh, yes. we the, Jeremy had almost gotten one pretty early in the game. Didn't end up getting it. Actually, that that one was ridiculous because Jeremy almost got it, but then there was this kid walking up the aisle who was going to the bathroom, and he ended up getting it. And Jeremy, if he hadn't been behind you, that probably would have been your ball. Yes. Yeah. It. It. Um. So. So Andrew Vaughn was at at the bat. And he like he he rocketed it back, um, and I think it hit the end of the seat and the end of our row. And actually, you know, Jack, when we came in, we were gonna sit in those seats, and like there were yeah. some dudes behind us who ended up leaving. Like they were sitting there, so we we're like, let's move, let's in the middle. And then when I came back to get my food, they were from getting my food, they were gone. And I'm like, well, shit, we could have sat in the end in that mm-hmm. case. Um, I will say if good guy shit, man, if we were sitting in that seat though, and Vaughn hit that ball, I would have, I may have been killed. He <laughs> hit it so hard. And yeah. so he, it hit, I think it hit the, the edge of the seat, like the seat back um, in our aisle. Then it rocketed straight in the air. It actually hit the ceiling. Like the, like there's a, there's an overhang on these seats, like for the, uh, the loge section or whatever. It hit the roof of that and then bounced back again, hit the floor, 
hit the ground and then bounced up again. And that's when like I was going, I had my hand up in the air to get it. And it went just to my right. And there was like a teenage kid there and it went right to him. And uh, he got it, and I was just like, ah, damn it. And I'm like, hey, good one, man. And the kid turned around and, like, looked at me. I think he might have thought I said, like, asshole. Like, I think he might have thought I was, like, like yelling at him or something. But I said, hey, man, good one, good one. Yeah. And uh, then he went back, and he handed it to his parents. Then he came up again, and there was, like, this old couple behind us. And they were, like, freaked out because the ball went right to him. And they were, like... They were not in a position to make a play. Like that would have been really bad if it would have hit her. Um, oh yeah. So we were talking a little bit, and then uh, the guy, the kid, came back up, and he's like, "Hey, were you uh, going for that ball?" And he's like, "I was just trying to go to the bathroom." And uh, we we're like, "Oh, like good one, man. Well, you know, good for you." And uh, I started talking to the old couple, and like the lady was like, "Oh my god!" Like she's like, "I should, uh, I should have a mitt or something." Um, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that was that was pretty hard." Like, you know. Um, and, uh, we were just exchanging like, you know, just general like sentiment. And I think I said something, I don't, I forgot what she, she said. Like, uh, I'm like, yeah, they come pretty hard, uh, over here. And I said like, but, uh, I'll let you get the next one. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, she's like, Oh, okay. And like, um, so that would, that would come into play later, but, um, <laughs> they were nice people, but, um, they were yeah. definitely in a vulnerable spot for sure. No, definitely. And I'll give you credit, Jeremy. You were a good sport with the kid too. Um, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, nice one when 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 he got it. So that was that was nice. Um, you know, we both been there, done that. Uh, you know, enough times. The thing that sucked though was the kid and his parents left after like the fourth inning. Yes, yes. And then yeah, so then of course, yeah, then it's like I you know, you try to be nice. You try to like, you know, be be cool about it. Obviously, I wanted the damn ball. Um Sure. And, uh, but like, you know, it was one of those things where you just got beat. It's like when like, uh, the batter hits a ball and like the guy robs it and then they tip the hat to the guy. It was right. <laughs> you know, that, that was, that was like what that was like for me. <laughs> but, um, but then, then we see them fucking leave after the fourth inning. It's like, well, screw you then. Like you didn't care, like, you know, whatever. So it, you know, yeah. it just renews your, your bitterness. But, um, but yeah, so that, so that happened. Um, as we progress, uh, they they played a game uh, on the video board, um, spot the difference, and uh, it's basically it's the thing where like there's two pictures side by side. This one was a picture of Gavin Sheets like giving a high five in the dugout, and they have some poor schmo on the on the board, and he has to guess, he has to pick out like the the five differences between the two pictures. Yeah, um, and it was very hard to tell what was going on during the game, uh, or like dur- during this uh, this game. Um, the guy, first of all, was not uh, real, like, charismatic, and he, he sounded like uh, Marlon Brando in The Godfather, like, right before they put him right before they put him on camera, they just stuffed a bunch of cotton in his mouth. So you couldn't understand what this guy was guessing, not a single thing. Um, so it's, it's just, like, two minutes of this guy mumbling into the microphone, and I, I can't, I don't know if he got any of the, the differences. I mean, one of the differences was maybe like Gavin Sheets was wearing a, a wristband in one of them and then one, the other one he wasn't. I don't know. But it, it this game just didn't translate well to the scoreboard. No, no, it was not. Yeah, it's like it, it was not uh, uh, optimized for that, nor was this guy optimized for being a public speaker. Like, yeah, he was just like mumbling the whole time. And uh, he kind 
Oh God, who did he look like? He kind of looked like um, the guy who, who plays the manager, like Lou Brown in uh, in Major League, but with like shaggier hair. Yeah, like in grayer. I can't remember if Lou Brown's hair was gray in that movie, but th- this guy was definitely. He had like a gray mustache. Um, yeah, he he was a classic White Sox guy. That's for yeah, sure. He, he he was. He had that hangdog look though, kind of like that like <laughs> old like droopy like like weathered skin look and like. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just weird. Like he probably didn't even know what he was playing for or like anything, what, what was going on. They just like grabbed him and pulled him, pushed him in front of a camera. But, um, but, but yeah, so it was just a weird, I, I like that game, but it just, it was a weird, yeah. um, game to, to, to do on the board, especially with a guy who like was mumbling the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, another game that they played was over under, I've seen them play this one before and this was the one with the jerseys, right, Jack? Uh, or was yes, that, or was this well, the one the, where you have to like guess a stat like over under? Yeah, this was the stat. So the first one he had to guess was Ronaldo Lopez through Lopez threw over under eight thousand pitches. Yeah, in, in, in his, his first, like, like first five years, years with the White Sox. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So you guess over under, and then like it leads to like another one, and then I think it leads to another one, and um, <laughs> I think th- I think it was like three, and he got like two out of three. And so, like, it was, like, yeah, like, one of them was, like, Ronaldo Lopez. And they're, like, so he he got the first two, then he missed the third one. And so Alyssa, the host, was, like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't get that last one. But you got two, so you still won a prize. And uh, here is here it is. It's an auto. You still win uh, an autographed picture of Ronaldo Lopez. <laughs> and, and, like, I saw them, like, pick it up and put it, like, on camera and hand it to the guy. And I was, like, no, like, an autographed picture of Ronaldo Lopez, like, what a booby prize. Like no one wants that. Like such a, like such a slap in the face. Like I honestly, like if I was like, if that was me and like they, they, um, you know, and like they did that on camera, I probably would have started laughing and it probably would have like been a bad look, but like what a, what a bunco prize. Like that was really, that was, that was a rough one. Yeah, and it's not even a baseball card that's signed. It's probably just a glossy photo of him. Like, it, did, it didn't cost yeah. them anything to do this prize. And at least if it was somebody like Leury Garcia, there would have been a little bit of comedic value. Or, like, Andrew Vaughn might have been a cool one, or Dylan Cease. Oh, like, yeah. they couldn't get those guys to just sign a picture of themselves. It, no. It's Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, no, exactly. Maybe they, like, got rid of all the good ones earlier in the season. Like, the season's winding down, so now they're down to, like, the Ronaldo Lopez's of the roster, but like, yeah, it was an eight by 10. And like, you know, I guess some people, you could frame that and put that on your wall, but again, who would do that for Ronaldo Lopez? (laughs) What a bummer. It's like, dude, give me honestly, like Leary Garcia, like say what you want about him, but like, he's got a track record with the team or whatever. Like I would take, you know, Yasmani Grandal. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's, there's so many like worse players, who would be better than like Ronaldo Lopez. So that was just a real kick in the pants uh, for winning that one. Um, but, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, it was a rough one. Yeah. Um, I, Jeremy, I don't have my box score with this with, with me, but I think this was in the sixth inning that uh, uh, Lynn loaded the bases. Um, Let's see. He, I think it was the fourth inning, actually. Okay, maybe. yeah, yeah. He, he got in some trouble, and yeah. uh, uh, there, it was definitely time for a mound visit. And so uh, uh, Yasmani Grandal, like, walked up to the mound to talk to Lynn, and he looked back at the dugout, 
as if to say, hey, isn't anybody going to come out here and talk to Lance Lynn? Like, what the what the F? Um, and so we, we started talking, and Katz was just sitting there, uh, their pitching coach, just, just watching this unfold. And, uh, Jeremy, you commented that it's it's a strange thing to have a pitching coach who only cares about one pitcher. Yeah, exactly. It's just, again, it seems classic White Sox. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, yeah, Ethan Katz, the pitching coach, like, did he go to college with Lucas Giolito? Uh, I think he was his high school coach. High school coach. Okay, yeah. I yeah. mean, this is for some serious ridiculous white Sox shit it's like get the high school coach of of our of our top pitcher to be the pitching coach for the whole staff it's like a high school coach (laughs) why what like why don't they just get his little league uh uh the person who ran the snack stand at the little league maybe he should be the head of concessions for for guaranteed rate field like what that's some serious podunk white Sox bs like (laughs) it's ridiculous so like that's the yeah he's the pitching coach um, and it's like, okay, great. I, I bet him, I bet Giolito's super, you know, jazz to, to be with Ethan Katz. But what about the other uh, 11 pitchers on the staff? Do they have any connection with Katz? Like, it seems like Katz only cares about Lucas Giolito. So it's like, and as, as, uh, you know, evidenced by, uh, the fact that he didn't go out there for the friggin' pitching, uh, conference. So like, it, again, I just, I mean, I cannot say it enough times, but just another White Sox thing. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, as if Don Cooper wasn't enough of a White Sox thing. Now they have a, now they have another one for their pitching coach. Yeah. Um, so uh, in the top of the seventh, you know, I, I'd mentioned that there were a few detriments to it, just the 100 level being a free for all tonight. Yeah. And in the, the top of the seventh, uh, right behind the visiting team's dugout, um, about halfway up the first deck. Uh, a pretty crazy fight broke out between two dudes. Maybe yeah. it was at, maybe it was three dudes. Yeah, yeah, a legit fight. Um, I I will say there. Yeah, it's funny. This episode has had a lot of uh, Hitchcockian foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know the you open up the one hundred level to anyone, and then in the top of the seventh, there's a fight. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like you got to do it. Um, so um, so yeah, there was this just fight. I don't know. You know, it's funny too because. I heard a guy yell like "Here they go" or something like that. Like <laughs> it was preceded by like a some some kind of battle cry, and then a fight happened. <laughs> then we look over, and then I we just see this one dude like just this cold cock a guy right in the face. Like it was crazy, and then like just punches were thrown. Everyone started like hey, hey, and like people were standing up, and um yeah, you saw punches being thrown and landing, and yeah, um, there were there were haymakers. Like it was it was pretty serious. Yeah, there was at least I think there was like at least three guys that we could see like in on the action. This was like a section over from us and about like 15 rows down, maybe 10, 15 rows, uh, 10, 12 rows down in front of us. Um, Mm -hmm. But one section over. And it's like those were nice seats. They were right behind the, the visitors dugout, like perfect, like sight lines. And it's just like I was just saying, like, you know, this stuff usually happens in the upper deck or the bleachers. But like, you got a nice spot. You'd think you wouldn't get into a. You'd think you wouldn't get into a, a fight. And also, there's something to be said for like, oh, you know, those seats are more expensive. Theoretically, meaning that these that a fight won't break out in the middle of the game. But it happened, and I can only assume that those guys maybe paid three dollars also for their 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 tickets. Um, yes. But but yeah. So like, it was a it was a it was a brouhaha, and um. It, it seemed like there was definitely they were definitely late getting like security was late getting down there. Um, 
we saw one guy walk out. The guy who I saw throw a punch kind of walked. He just like got up, went up the aisle. Was he had like long hair? Like he yeah. started, he was putting it back in a ponytail. And he looked then just, like Jeff Hardy. Like he was dressed like Jeff Hardy. Yeah, he was wearing like a, a, a an A A frame. What do you call those shirts? The I mean, they're called Dago tees, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. or a wife beater. Take your pick. Yeah. Which one? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Which offensive title you want for that? But he was wearing like one of those shirts, and um, he just like walked. I think he just like walked like out. Um, yeah. And then we saw two other guys getting escorted out. Um, so presumably that first guy like got got off like free. Um, he probably didn't even leave. He probably like went and sat in another section or something. But um, but yeah, that was that was a mess. But uh, yeah, I don't think we've seen like a fight like that that close to us um, for the podcast. No. So yeah, and that was full on. And I mean that that's dangerous for the people around you too. Um, oh yeah, especially if there were you know if there were little kids because uh, these guys were spilling over over seats and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was not good. I'll say this, Jeremy. I would not want to work security at a White Sox game because you're going to have to deal with some shit. Yes. No, I, again, I'm sure that there's something that they're doing every game, um, breaking up at every game, and it's just like, you know, I, there's fights in the bleachers too, but it's like, I don't know, man. I feel like these – I think – I feel like the White Sox – fans come a little like they, they fight a little more dirty or something so you know i don't someone might have like fashioned a shiv out of like a you know a, a stale nacho chip or something i don't know uh but it's it, it seems like it seems pretty ugly and like I, the people there are like fighting for real i feel like the i feel like the the people at cubs games are fighting because they're drunk and stupid i feel right. like these white Sox fans are fighting for like you know, for turf, like for like, like, you know, neighborhood like reasons or something like it, it, it runs deep at White Sox games. So like, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was ugly. And like, yeah, of course. I mean, it's completely reckless and like insane, but like, no, you, you don't care. Like there, I mean, it, it's not safe for a regular person sitting next to them, like an, an adult, no. like there could be just like a, a couple on a date sitting behind them and like get hit with a fucking errant punch, but like, they don't care. Cause they're fucking trash. <laughs> so like, um, so like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a shame. Um, and you would think that that wouldn't happen, uh, you know, in that spot in the stadium at that time of game. But, uh, you know, here we are. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that happened. And then speaking of things you, you think wouldn't happen in nice seats. Um, th- there was a lot of room around us. I'll say that, but there was a family of three, um, in the row ahead of us a little bit to our right, uh, it was a mom, dad, and a kid. Um, and uh, about the eighth inning or so, the, the dad decided he had enough of shoes, um, so he just took them <laughs> off, and uh, he, he put his so- socked feet up on the row in front of him and just spread out Yeah, like you do in your living room. Yeah, exactly, yeah. If he had, like, a lazy boy or, like, an ottoman, just put, right. oh, time to kick back, put take my shoes off, and just... Sit here and enjoy the ball game. But it's like, hey, buddy, you're not in your living room. You're at a fucking Major League Baseball stadium. Uh, you know, and, like, I feel bad for the people who sit in those seats, like, who sat in their, those seats the next day because they probably had a foul odor, like, to their seats and they didn't know why. And it's like, well, it's because some fucking lowlife put his fucking socks, his sweaty socks up on your seat the night before, and I'm sorry, but those seats are tainted now. Um, yeah, you know, for years from now, someone's going to buy those seats as like a souvenir when they tear down guaranteed rate field and they'll be like, oh, yeah, this guy's <laughs> fucking feet were on them. Sorry. Um, but not only were his socks on these seats, but um, they were red socks 
and they had pot leaves on them. Like the design, like, you know, most people like, like, you know, there's like Argyle socks. There's maybe little Paisley's there's polka dots. This guy went for the pot leaves. Um, <laughs> so it was a pot leaf print. Like he's friggin' Snoop Dogg or something in like 1994. Um, but he's like, yeah, he's wearing these like socks with pot leaves on there, just proudly displaying them for all to see, including his son who was with them. Yeah, he was with his like teenage son. Yeah, um, his young teenage son. The kid wasn't wasn't super old, so yeah, you know, maybe thirteen. Good to see that the dad is setting a setting a good example. Yeah, he's setting a bad example just by putting his socks up on the on the seat. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's probably the the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Um, just, uh, and they seem like normal enough people before that too. They seem just like they a did. normal family. Um, and then, <laughs> then that happens. Um, so, so yeah, so that happened. Um, and you know, I, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that all this stuff happened before this next thing happened because I'm actually kind of glad that it did. So we got a chance to kind of like take it all in. Um, yeah. because then, uh, the next, uh, thing, um, the next bit of foreshadowing would come into play. Yeah, so uh, so this this was really cool, Jeremy. So you got your uh, first foul ball ever off the bat of Josh Harrison, uh, <laughs> f- uh, offered from Luke Weaver. Um, yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Uh, but you you had to you had to go through hell to get it. Yes, I definitely have a story to go with it. Um, but yeah, so from Luke Weaver's hands to Josh Harrison's uh, bat to my to my uh, you know my uh, humble pause um but uh but yeah so it was the uh bottom of the eighth inning i think um yeah bottom of the eighth inning white Sox last at bat um josh harrison was up uh with uh two outs in the inning uh luke weaver was pitching the second time we've seen luke weaver pitch he started the game um for the cardinals back in 2018 i think Mm -hmm. um and uh he actually pitched a good game um not his falling on some rougher times uh this season uh, pitching out of the fucking Royals bullpen and had like a seven ERA um, yeah. in, in limited work. But so um, <coughs> it was a one, one count. I went back and watched the video and um, Harrison fouls it uh, in like the exact same spot as the Andrew Vaughn um, ball. And uh, it, it, it hit pretty hard, not as hard as the Vaughn one, but it hit pretty hard. It bounced forward this time. It bounced forward about like two rows and lo and behold, it bounced right in front of the couple uh, who was with the the group of nerdy guys. So the at this point, the this these people like the couple, all they kept doing was getting up and getting different food and sitting back in different spots each time. Yep. Um, and they had just come back. They I thought it was curious because they got up in like the seventh inning and I thought they left, but the guy didn't say anything to his friends. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But then they came back with food and, you know, getting food after the seventh inning, I feel like is always like kind of like a, it's a curious move, you know, mm-hmm. like unless you're trying to like, try the new menu or something. Even right. I didn't go back and get more food after I got the, the nachos, but they came back with food. And I'm honestly, I'm wondering if that helped the situation because mm-hmm. the next closest time I came to a foul ball, I was foiled by holding a, a, a thing of nachos. Um, it, it hindered me from getting this ball. Um, but so the ball bounced in front of them and it kind of bounced. Then it bounced over this girl's shoulder and it landed in the row between us. So, like, like mm-hmm. I said, there's two rows between us. It landed right in front of the first seat in the row between us. So I was already at the end of the aisle, and I saw it go over her shoulder, and I'm like, oh my god, it's mine! Like I got it. 
So I reach down to grab it. I have my hand like on the back of the seat um, in that aisle. And then <laughs> next thing I know, I'm just falling on top of the ball. And uh, Jack, you thought that I dove on the ball, right? I did. It looked it looked like you dove for it. Yeah, I guess that's good because like it maybe helped me save face a little bit. But no, I tripped and I, I ate shit. Honestly, you I did. You did, man. Yes. If you if you follow us on Instagram, you definitely saw it. But I landed shin first on the stairs. Um, I got the ball. I landed right on the ball and I got it. Um, it made me look a little more overzealous than I was to get the ball. But I, I got the ball. So I was glad like, you know, all's well that ends well. Um, but I got the ball. I turned around and I started going back to Jack and I maybe held it up kind of. Um, like I didn't even have like that moment where I'm like, I didn't, I didn't have a Jack moment where I, where I like proclaimed to the heavens that I, that I got the foul ball. No, I was going to say, we, you know, comparing those two situations, which one of us carried it better after they got the ball. And I think that, I think it's you. Well, you, you know, only because I fucking fell and, 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 and fucked up my knee or my, my shin. <laughs> but so either one, you know, I think would be. Would be rain delay theater material for if someone else right. was hosting an, a bizarro rain delay theater podcast and saw it. But um, so I get the ball, I start coming back over, and I like I didn't like have any moment where I signified with anyone. But uh, I came over and I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I fucked up my leg, <laughs> and like, and uh, I was kind of <laughs> laughing about it because it, it it hurt, but it didn't. You know, I wasn't like, I wasn't on the verge of tears or anything. Luckily, but like, I knew I I fucked up my leg. And uh, I even, you know, I was like holding the ball. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I was talking to you about it. And I'm like, this is awesome. I got a ball. I even like looked back at the people behind us and they're like, hey, good work. The same old couple. And uh, I said like, hey, at least I didn't, at least it didn't hit me. That's what I said to them. And the lady goes like, I thought you said I was going to get, you were going to let me get the next one. And I was like, ah, sorry. You know, like I just like kind of like shrugged or whatever. But as we were sitting there. I'm like, man, I really messed up my leg and I decided, and it was, it was, I could tell that I skin, I knew that I skinned my leg, yeah. um, but I couldn't see because my leg was down below the seats and it was shadowy down there. So I took my phone and I put the light on it and like, sure enough, I looked and I had like, I don't even know if you would call it a raspberry. Like I had like, I was bleeding like, yeah, man, significantly. And, and you had significant scratches too on, on places that the, where the cut wasn't like your whole, like the whole side of your leg was kind of fucked up. Yeah, I looked like I fell off a damn motorcycle or something. <laughs> like, um, and I like so I, I posted on the Instagram if you can see it. Honestly, Jack, by the time I got home, the 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 wound was even like nastier looking. Um, oh man, it was like way more bloody. And um, uh, yeah, like it was bloody to begin with at the game, but uh, yeah, by the time I got home, it was pretty nasty. I don't know if I can. Uh, I'm putting my my camera on here really quick. Maybe I can show you. Um, oh yeah, let me. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. I was gonna ask you how it was today. Yeah. Oh it's, man. Yeah. It's okay Jeez. right now. Um, yeah, yeah. But I will tell you, like coming home, I had to like wash it off. Um, sure. In, did in, it did it sting when you when you yeah. tried to like wash it with soap? That was the worst pain of it all. Like because sure. I was like my whole body was like tensed up, and I was like I stuck my foot in like I sat on the edge of the tub. And like ran it underwater, and like was I, I had to wash it out because Lord knows what I picked up on the ground at the White Sox game. I might have tetanus right now. I don't know, but like yeah, right. So yeah, I had to like rinse it with water, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Like it just it, it 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 definitely smarted like rough. 
Um, and I put like this bandage on it and I had to change the bandage yesterday and it was like on my leg hair. So it was like yanking my leg hair off. It was a whole ordeal uh, just to get this stupid ball. And like, um, you know, so at least so I have a I have a battle story for getting this ball. And like, luckily, it's not because I dove. We were talking about Zach Hampel earlier on the controversy with Zach Hampel. Like, luckily, I didn't like push a kid out of the way and scrape my leg in the process. I just tripped like a doofus. Um but I definitely messed up my leg, but it was worth it to get uh, my first, uh, you know, in play foul ball. Um, so it was pretty cool, you know. Didn't yeah. catch it on a fly, but uh, I wouldn't have wanted to catch it on a fly. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, not that, not that one. That would have hurt. Um, yes. I, I'll say this, Jeremy, as somebody who watched it um, all unfold, I, I think that the fact that you slipped helped you get the ball yeah you, you didn't you didn't have much time man like you got it right before that person reached for it so i think that that fall gave you the little extra oomph um you know and then you know that that wound will heal in a, a week but uh you got the ball forever now that's that's absolutely true jack i think yeah whoever whatever baseball guardian angel is watching over me i think they just pushed me into the ground so i get, so I get the ball <laughs> yeah it's like angels in the outfield right yeah, exactly. They're just like, get the fuck, get down there and get that ball, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I got, I got the ball. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I, it's cool that we both got one now. Um, yeah, same season. season. Yeah, same season. Pretty cool. I will say, you know, Josh Harrison probably wouldn't have been my first pick for a White Sox, but I, I told the story before. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, pour yourself a drink everybody listening at home, but back at the Arizona fall league, I saw Josh Harrison play <laughs> and I famously, there was a famous crazy lady in the stands who like, um, let's say the pitcher's name was, uh, Billy and Josh Harrison was up. She was like, strike him out, Billy, get a hit Josh. Like in the same sentence. <laughs> so I do have like a little history with Josh Harrison personally. So it is cool. Like, um, what, like, 11 years later to get like that yeah. a ball from him. So it's funny how, you know, things come around full circle. So when I, I, I didn't really think about that till while we were recording, but you know, in that aspect, it is cool that I got the Josh yeah. Harrison ball. So yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, you know, you could do worse, I suppose. Not, not I mean, much hell, worse, man. but yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when you, you know, when you saw him in the fall league, like little did you know that over a decade later, he was going to hit your first foul ball. So that's yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, pretty cool. Um, and uh, that kind of like wrapped up the uh, the game that happened in the bottom of the eighth. And like, I'll say, Jack. In addition to like the actual like cuts on my leg, I also I think I'm gonna have like a pretty nasty bruise. And like, my leg was like stiffening up, like as the game went on. So like when we left, I don't know if you noticed, but I was limping <laughs> kind of bad. I, I I couldn't tell, but uh, yeah. how is it? How is it now? I, uh, it's okay now. I honestly, okay. the yeah. the the biggest hindrance is the bandage on it. It like feel mm-hmm. it kind of like is giving me limited range of motion, I suppose, with my leg. But it's fine. Um, it was probably good to walk to the train because I was able to kind of like move the leg a little bit and like kind of uh, you know work it out. But I did say to Jack as we were leaving, I'm like, I think I'm the I think I got injured the worst out of anyone well maybe not the guy who got punched in the face i guess that guy probably got the worst injury of the night but i got i got injured worse than any baseball player on the field i think i don't think anyone got hurt in that game yeah and at a white Sox game uh that's that's something to say yes it's true speaking of that which uh jack too this happened last game we were at but jack did do you know that Luis robert played center field in the ninth inning 
Did he? He did. He came in in the ninth inning, and again, there was no announcement. My my box score now. God damn it. I got to make a note about that. Yeah. He came in for Vaughn, and then Pollock moved over to left field. So update your scorecard. I was looking at the stats yesterday, and I'm like, Robert came into that game. So, yeah. Um, okay, I'm just making a note about myself, uh, uh, about that. Well, that's bullshit. They didn't fucking say anything about that. No, um, no. Great. Classic White Sox. Um, okay, yeah, there were, there were two other dumb things that happened at the train. We can go over, we can go over them real fast. Yeah. So we, we took the green line, uh, and, and we parked, uh, in the West Loop. Um, this first one was a little bit silly. It was, yeah. We were, um... Getting onto the train, and I will say the red, the green line, the red line is a is a nightmare. The green yep. line is just a carnival of just absurdities. Like, but they each have their own weird characteristics. Neither one would be my top choice to take as a train. But the green yep. line is is like ninety percent less populated than the red line after a Sox game. So it's kind of a no brainer. You you kind of just deal with the green line. There's a lot of bullshit you deal with like on the green line, but. Somehow it's not as bad as the red line. Um, no. But uh, we were getting onto the train, and, like, there are turnstiles you need to go through to get on the train. And we saw a guy with a Divi bike. So in Chicago, for anyone who's not in Chicago, um, we have these these bikes uh, called Divi bikes. And, like, you can rent them uh, for, you know, you get a, a membership, and you can rent these bikes and just use them and then, like, store them, like, lock them up at a station. Like, a lot of cities have them now. Um and this guy was trying to get on the train with one, which like, number one, it's weird to get on a train with a bike to begin with, but also then a Divi bike, which is like the whole point of them is that you're supposed to just like lock them up and then get a new one at your next stop. But this guy was like going on the train with one. And so, uh, well, Jeremy, I, I think he'd kept that Divi bike for his own. I think so. I think that's the uh, subtext there. Uh, is that, yeah, <laughs> that was actually now his bike. Um, but uh but yeah, so um, so he was getting on the train. We kind of blew past him because he was having trouble getting in there, um, and he um, uh, he came up to it. We were waiting on the platform for a while. He came right up to us because we were kind of close to the stairs, and he comes comes right up to us and he goes like, "Hey guys," and then he's like, "Hey, what do you guys do for a job or what do you guys do for a living?" And uh, I was telling Jack this earlier, like, I don't like when people come up to me now, like trying to ask for money or whatever, like, listen, here's the thing, like living in the in the big city of Chicago, it's like in a perfect world, you would give money to anyone who is like asking or whatever, but you just cannot do it. Like, number one, you would be spending like twenty dollars a day just giving singles to everybody you encountered. But number two, the other thing, too, is like once you give them a dollar, like I feel like they, they sometimes ask you for more money or whatever. Yep. They they hound you. So it's, it, it's honestly the best bet. Like I would tell this to anyone traveling to Chicago. It's just like just say, you know, no, thank you or sorry. Be polite and just move on. And like they move on and you move on usually um, and uh, everything is fine. So this guy comes up to us and he's like he didn't. I Did he ask for money first, Jack? No, he just he just asked us what we did for a living. Yeah, like he said he said what what he said was he said how you guys doing and I think I said doing doing well, and then he's like what do you guys do for a living? Yeah, and then and then you said hey we're good man. Yeah, I said yeah yeah we're good thanks, and then yeah. the guy goes the guy goes like oh oh you're good you're good and he's like I asked you what you did for a living and you say you're good okay okay and then he just starts walking <laughs> away, and then he goes like. I just need a job. That's why I asked you what you do for a living. And, I was, and then he like just walked away and I just looked at Jack and I'm like, what, 
Well, what the hell was like? First of all, I'm not in a position to hire anybody for a job. Second of all, I think usually resumes exist for a reason and whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to get too much into the like why this was a absurd exchange. I think we all kind of know why, but it's like yeah. I, I was not prepared for that exchange, you know, like that was a weird one. So I don't know what his, his, his goal was, but like it was, it seemed at, at best it was bad timing maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that they should make a glass door, uh, commercial about that. You know, it's like this, this approach isn't working. Try glassdoor.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. It, it actually isn't, uh, was it Francisco Lindor who's in like a, an indeed commercial? Uh, have I don't, you seen that I don't one? I don't think I've seen it. Okay, yeah, I'll have to see if I can forward that and, and, and find it for you. But, hey, what do you know? That That's appropriate. Baseball appropriate. Okay, so, yeah, th- anyway, that was uh, that was absurd. And then we had, we had a better exchange on the same platform. So it took, it took our Green Line train about 10 minutes to get there. So this uh, old guy comes up next to us, and he sees Jeremy's ball. And uh, first of all, before any of that, he uh, he tells us uh, like he, he asks us if we went to the game or something. We say yeah, and he's like he, he says ah, I I paid nineteen fifty for my ticket. It's dead. too too much money. And then I I think and I was a little embarrassed because we paid three dollars a piece for ours. Yeah. And then he then he goes ah, I'm going back on Sunday. I yeah 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 going back on Sunday. He I actually think the way he he phrased that too much money. I think he said. Too much money? Like he was like asking us if that was too much money. Sure. And I it, was well, like, it was. I didn't want to break it to him. Yeah, I'm like that was uh, six and uh, six point three three times much as we paid for us <laughs> doing some quick, uh, you know, math, mental math. But like, yeah, I'm so like, yes, you did pay. You paid six times more than we did. But um, so yeah, bet too much. But um, but yeah, so yeah, right. He did kind of kick off saying that. Now, I will say before before this next part. If you recall back to the game where Jack got the the foul ball, um, almost instantly, like a girl came up to him and asked to buy the ball from him, and yep. we all know how futile and 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 foolish that was. And yes. obviously, if someone did that to me, it would have been the same deal. Um, but I was re- rega- uh, I was like um, remarking to myself, like like, hey, uh, no one came up to me to offer me um, money for my ball. And I didn't say it out loud to Jack, but I was thinking it in my head. Um, and then this guy comes up, and of course he sees my ball, and then he goes like, "Yeah, it's like how much you want for that ball?" And uh, I'm like, eh, uh, I, "I what did I say, Jack?" I think you said uh, that's not not gonna do it or something or, like yeah, that. Yeah, he's like, like you didn't even I'm let like, him offer you. Yeah, yeah, I I think he said how much you want for that ball, and I I might have said like I said like. Uh, not, uh, not, not going to part with it. Maybe I think I said something like that. And then he goes, Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, ah, come on. Right. And then, yeah. and then I go like, that's not going to do it. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, come on. Oh, okay. Here you go. Here's the ball. I wasn't going to sell it a minute ago for, for indefinite amount of money, but you said, Oh, come on. So here you go. Like, no, I'm like, nah, that's not gonna, that's not going to make it happen. That's not going to move the. I said, that's yeah. not going to move the needle. Um, and then he goes like, <laughs> then he goes, well, did you get that for free? And, um, which is like, I don't like, I don't know what you react, what you respond to that? And then I showed him my shin and I'm like, nah, I paid, I paid this, you know, I paid this price for it or whatever. Uh, and then, uh, he like looked at it and he's like, uh, oh, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I feel like he asked you if you got it for free as if to be like, well, if you got it for free, why can't you just give it to me yes. or sell it to me? Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, you are you are falling down the wrong line of questioning here. Like, yeah, I felt I felt like all of it was just like, hey, give it to me. Like and I'm like, dude, you have no idea. You have no clue how nope. how much I would not give this to you or anybody. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the all come on was just like, I'm like, I wanted to be like, get the hell out of here, man. Like, just go just. And then like, and okay. So then, yeah. And then like, he said that, like, uh, he said like, did you get it for free? And I showed him my shin. And I think I said something like, yeah, I got the battle scar, you know, in exchange for it or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you can keep it. And then like, then he start then he like left and he's like, I'm going to go stand over there. Like, I don't know if you heard him say that. He's like, I'm standing <laughs> yeah. over here. And as he, like, walked away from us. And it was like, okay, man. Like, sorry. Like, I don't know what you want from us. But, like, uh, it was a weird exchange. And those happened back to back within, like, I feel like a minute of each other. So, like, our, our guard was up, you know. Um, but uh, it was just a, you know, do they just, it's always one last thing, you know. I think I think in the, I think in Boogie Nights, the scene, um, like, where they go to, like, that drug dealer's house and, like, just it just it's like the final straw i think like the there's a title card it says like one last thing or something before that and it's like yeah that's that's what it's like getting out of a white Sox game there's always one last thing whether it's on the train in the bathroom on the concourse whatever there's always one last thing where they get you on the way out yep um yeah that that might be my favorite line of the night man is uh (laughs) you're good yeah i i asked you what you do for a living and you said you're good (laughs) (laughs) He was he was really pissed at, at me yeah. and like offended, but I'm like, dude, th- I'm I'm from the city, man. This is my default. I just you know, it's just your default. You gotta be that way, or else you'll get fucking sucked into whatever. God knows what, you know. Yep. It's oh just yeah. The way that yeah. it is. I don't I don't know what to say, but uh, but yeah. So that <laughs> that's the situation, you know. Yeah. Um, well, you know, before the episode, you you made the comment that not as much stuff happened as a usual White Sox game, but I, I don't know if that was true. I think in retrospect, uh, a, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. No. Definitely. Certainly, a, a plenty for um, for a, for a White Sox game. Um, for 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 any game. Uh, for a White Sox game, maybe you know, lacking <laughs> one or two than. things, but uh, but yeah, yeah, but still a lot of good stuff. And um, yeah, got uh, got the ball. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, I think sitting back there, obviously, we're in good territory. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we've broken the seal and, uh, you know, I think these things will happen. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got another game coming up next week. Uh, I think it's going to be a Cubs game. Um, but I think that's going to about do it for this episode. Yeah, it sure will. So, uh, for Rain Delay Theater, I am Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.